0: Hello people welcome to episode 6 of Titan Podcast. Today we have Michael Bees from Riot Games who is currently working on League of Legends Wild Rift as a game designer. Michael also was a designer on Warner Brothers upcoming game Hogwarts Legacy. So if you want to be a badass game designer like Mike or want to know how to get into gameplay companies like Riot or Warner Brothers this one's for you. For our super busy audience which was the whole episode with our timestamps on the description or on the first comment below. So without any further ado, let's welcome Mike.
1: Are you right? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, like I said, excited. Um, I know we've been wanting to do this for a bit and then just like life and busy and everything. Um, but yeah, it's I, I, things are starting to calm down just a, just a little bit. And so, yeah. Yeah, so you have
0: moved to another city, I guess, and uh, joined uh, another company, Riot. And uh, you were telling me that you were working in League of Legends, Wild Rift.
1: Yeah, yeah, I haven't moved yet. Um, So I'm still here out of Salt Lake City, Utah uh, for the next few months. Um, Basically, the the plan is with COVID and where the world's at and everything, that I can work from home for a little while, and then I'll move out there uh, to the office and hopefully the office can open around that time. But I mean, it's, you know, we, we'll see. Cause like we don't have a vaccine or anything, so. Yeah,
0: yeah. Finger shots, I guess it's coming soon.
1: I mean, we'll, we'll see. I'm still, I mean, soon is, soon is relative. I don't imagine we'll have one for probably the soonest would be mid next year is kind of yeah, my Yeah, absolutely, mid next year. But So, uh, like
0: uh, Michael, uh, so uh, let's get started uh, today's episode. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, first of all, I want to tell you that how grateful I am that you are giving me your time today because I know, uh, I know that you have, you guys have all the tasks and you gonna, kinda, kind of wanna rest in this weekend. But you, you are giving me your time, and I'm so grateful to that. Uh, so without a further ado, uh, let's get started. Uh, so cool. Michael, before we get started, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, like he said, my uh, my name is Mike Brees. I am a game designer at Riot Games. Um, I don't know. Stop me whenever. uh, But yeah, so before before Riot, uh, I worked at WB Avalanche on Hogwarts Legacy. That just barely got announced. Um, And then just a few other smaller things. I was a grad student at University of Utah uh, prior to that. And then I've worked on a few smaller indie projects and things kind of along the way on that journey um, that I'm happy to go into if you're interested or want to hear anything there. But Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to
0: go to all of your journey today. And I'm really excited to talk game design to you because I have lots of questions, Uh, both personal one and lots of people have told me to ask some questions. I have also their questions as well. So, uh, okay. <laughs> so like uh, the first my the first question is my personal question, and the question uh, everyone told me to ask you is that what is the role of a game designer? Because a lot of people ask that, uh, like think that game designer is some has something has to do with art or something. But I know that's not the thing. So could you kind of uh, like clear it up?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it is a, it is muddy. Um, it doesn't necessarily, I would say no, it's it's not an artist, um, but art skills are definitely helpful, especially depending on the role like you're going to be working with artists and you're going to be working with engineers. And so knowing uh, at least some of the language and how to communicate is really helpful. Um, one where area where art is, I think, super helpful is in prototyping. Um, very early on, especially as like a level designer, you're going to be building out levels and it's not going to be using final art. You don't want it to be, you're going to be using a lot of just colored boxes, but you're still going to want to convey an idea with that. So art is very helpful in that sense. Um, and and it's just it's just helpful overall because clarity is super important in game design and art a lot of arts focuses on clarity. Um, so there is definitely some overlap, but you're not an artist. Um, Depending and and kind of the role of the game designer can change a bit depending on uh, what the what what your studio is. Um, Sometimes like where, where I'm at, it's systems and balance, so it's a lot of numbers and trying to make the game feel good there. But early on, a game designer might be really focused around prototyping and figuring out what the core of the game is. Um, to going into play testing and fixing bugs, all of that can kind of go through. But in a lot of ways, um, I I see the role of the game designer as your job is to essentially know the pillars of whatever feature you're working on. Like, I'm very pillar focused in my design. So like, we've got these three things that we're wanting to have. And uh, your job is to kind of check any ideas or features or content against those pillars, and make sure that they work with what you're trying to do. Um, you're also a bit of a salesman to your team. It doesn't mean that it's your own idea that you're trying to sell. You're you're the champion of whatever's best for the players. Like Riot's very player focused, and so that's something that we're always. Um, it is 100% coming up all the time in, in meetings and everything of like, what do we want to do with is this player, is this something that's the the best for the players? Um, so you're championing a lot of that, and um, they, there's even different roles within game design. Like, I've got a, a close friend who he's very narrative focused, um, and I am very like systems focused, so we, in a good way, we butt heads a lot, um, and so. Uh, It kind of makes the game better overall but there's a lot of different branches that you can kind of go into within game design, um, but they're all kind of still focused around that core idea of creating that experience um, that your game is trying to uh, convey.
0: Wow! Sounds like a lot of tasks. Um, like uh, there is a there is a lots of lots of st- stuff you have said. Like uh, and I uh, have read all the documentation you have on your website. Like from the hardline vector to and I know you are a good writer. And okay. the moment the moment you have said that you have that pillar, I actually uh, that thing uh, you uh, wrote in the light vectors, like, four pillars you wanted to do, and that re- I remember, and I'm like, exactly. <laughs> this, is the, this is the thing I wanted to do, because uh, game design is one of the things that makes games better, but we can't see a game design, like, a game design's job is to do something, but, like, for me, I am trying to make an RPG in Unity, but I have no idea how to design a game. Because I'm a programmer, uh, I don't know how to design a game. So, uh, so that's that's the reason I asked you that question, and you have cleared that very well. Uh, like, uh, like uh, the my second question is obvious that you have said there's a lots of stuffs into game design, like narrative, system. What like what other the branches of the game design? If you could, uh, a little elaborate.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. So. Uh, there's kind of like, so I'll go over kind of some of the, the major ones, but these do, they, they do break down within, and it really kind of depends on the game that you're working on, um, as how how your studio may want to break it down further. Um, but for a lot of new designers, they're likely to be starting in level design. Um, so that's kind of working on the the play space. Um, not It could be multiplayer maps if it's something like Call of Duty or Halo or, or, um, or, or anything like that. But it can also be single-player focused, like Last of Us, all of those levels that are going through and trying to convey a a feeling or we should trigger a cutscene at this point. This is where enemies should come in. All of that kind of stuff starts to fall in with like a level designer. Um, a big thing with them, with, with level design, is like sight lines and clarity, because you're trying to guide the player through an experience, um, especially single player, if you don't want them to be missing everything. Some things are okay. And I mean, it depends on what you're trying to do. Um, but that's a huge thing there. And then clarity in multiplayer, you want to be, if you're capt- playing capture the flag or something, you want to be able to know where the other team's base are, where where weapons or pickups, things like that might be. Um, so that's a huge focus there for level design. And that's where a lot of uh, early designers kind of get started. Um, systems design, which is what I do and what I really care about, is kind of... Um, A a really easy way to think about it is if you ever play any board games, they're almost pure systems design. um, Of like, you're not level design. There's a little bit going on, but how a deck of cards and the rules of Magic: The Gathering, for example, those are all um, game systems that go in. So. You're, it's a huge role of how these affect everything. If you make changes over here, how is that going to affect this? Uh, in League of Legends, for example, if we change an, an item, that has a huge effect on all the characters in the game. Um, and so that's kind of where you're playing at. Or if we're doing like uh, changes to the game, like this preseason for League, uh, we're doing a big item rework. And so that obviously has a very large effect. Um, so that's kind of where systems plays in and myself with balance of just trying to get everyone to a, to a win rate where they're not seen uh, or where they're not oppressive and where people aren't uh, frustrated with them and, and it's still fun. Um, narrative design is very focused around uh, kind of that, overall experience. Some of it's writing the game, some of it's just kind of atmosphere of a particular area. Um, who a character is is really important, if there's any themes that you're trying to touch on. Um, I know a lot of people who really want to get into narrative design, uh, and so that's kind of where they come from. Uh, movies are obviously a really good place to look at, and it's really good common touchstone, but I think one area where games really shine that I'd love to see more of from upcoming narrative designers is a more of a interaction, not just here's a story that I'm being told as I play. Those can be fine. I still love those, but something where it's adapting or, or, or play, playing with what I'm doing. Uh, Telltale was really good at this. Um, and so that's, I think, kind of, those are three major areas there. Um, You also are gonna have some things like content and that's part of like a systems design of creating particular characters, items, or just kind of getting things out there. Um, Story is kind of like narrative uh, as well. And so it's really just how you wanna break, break down further from that. But those are probably the three main that come to mind for me. Um, Another one that I think kind of that you actually may be really interested is coming from an engineering background is like a tech designer. It's kind of the bridge between a game designer and an engineer. And so you kind of work with both teams, you create tools for the designers, you, um, you help in that communication where like I can't communicate Oh, yeah, like I know a little bit of programming and stuff, but it can help bridge that gap um, or potentially make features. If I was creating a character, for example, and I needed to write some whole new tool, that's a lot of where a tech designer can come in. Um, and so wow. they're kind of, they're, wow. they're as designers as well. Like
0: I never ever heard this term tech designer and this is the first time I'm hearing. And uh, honestly, it's, it kind of reminds me that like, yeah, I am kind of like uh, interested in uh, like I'm very much into engineering part, but there is something inside me wants to design something, wants to make something like this. There's, there's a method of in this madness, and I want to explore that, that uh, particular, uh, like, not formula, but there has to be a system inside this, like not just total story and not just randomness. It just has to be a method, and that's the part I'm really interested in. So thank you. Thank you so much for explaining that uh the uh, i'm just curious how how could you get this much passion about game design like what's your story man
1: yeah yeah so um i think like a lot of people i grew up playing video games and and board games and everything kind of going through um for myself it was it started very young of like um, play, uh, creating alternate ways to play Magic the Gathering. We were really big into that when we were young, my, my brother and I, and, and our circle of friends. Um, and so it was different ways to play that. We we watched that old episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! where they, yeah, they had the maze. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh!, right,
0: right. I, I, I used to see that all the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like we watched that where they had the maze and we we're like, oh, that's a cool idea. They didn't really do much in the show, but we got, got this giant piece of cardboard, drew out a maze um, and everything. And we're like, okay, how would the rules of this work? Of how many spaces can a character move? Um, how big of the, should the maze itself be? Things, things like that. Um, some of the earliest stuff I got into was like, we, we made an early MOBA in Warcraft 3, kind of the the originator of MOBAs with, with Dota and everything. Um, and so we made our own, super bad, but like it was a good learning experience. And then, um, so it's been something that I've always been interested in. And then I've spent a little bit of time um, with, with like psychology. So my background in psychology uh, is in kind of design psychology. And so I've kind of, cycled that in through it, uh, as well as just user research. Um, so I think that's also super important that I've kind of taken in um, to, to game design. And then one thing that um, isn't going, to, to get a little bit less exciting for a minute, um, so my, just, just a quick history on me is, so um, my, my parents have both passed away and my, my dad totally when I was very young, Thank you. Thank, yeah. Yeah. My, my dad, when I was very young, um, my mom more recently, five or six years ago. Um, and so after she passed away, I was working in, um, more, more of a like general, uh, software setting, uh, call center user research type stuff. And I was like, okay, this isn't really what I'm enjoying doing. And, you know, having lost both my parents, this is something where I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a shot at really do this. Um, and so I, that's kind of what brought me into going to school for it. I also had worked on, like like I said, a few smaller projects throughout, um, hosted tournaments, local tournaments for- Yeah, Super Smash Bros. I, 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 I have seen
0: all of that. I have seen all of that. I have uh, go through all the stuff before I went on talking to you because I really wanted to know more about you. And the more I saw your website, the more I wanted to learn. And, and uh, you, you might not believe it, I spent four hours yesterday just to in your website.
1: <laughs> so is that a, a poor UX on my website trying to navigate through or no, is no, that? No, no. I,
0: I was just reading all the stories like hard like vector story was really, really amazing. Mainly the uh, like uh, when you uh, guys wanted to make uh, like kind of like Lego kind of stuff while making enemies and but you guys have decided to make one, one enemy and you have um, maintained that uh, like what's that, uh, that a uh, player is uh, um, going that opposite kind of direction, the like, uh, enemies attack or something. Uh, like dodging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the main mechanics, and I read all of that, including all that uh, all this, uh, that RPG, uh, dungeon kind of RPG you have made. I, I actually forgot that name. Uh, I read that stuff, and I read all the stuff. Uh, uh, and that's, that's where I figured out that you have you have done a lot of stuff in this game design, and you you are so passionate about this. So my next question is: Doesn't what what's the what's the biggest challenge you face in all your journey? Like, what's the biggest challenge as a designer you face?
1: Um, the biggest thing, and I think everyone's going to face this, um, is especially in games, but I think in any any media, especially creative medias, um, is is going to be imposter syndrome. Um, and this feeling of like this this is what I want to do, but who am I to say that like oh I know I know game design? That sounds very cocky to yeah, to, to say. Yeah. And, yeah, and so it happens.
0: It happens to me. It happened to me. Actually, it happened to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's something that I think everyone faces, um, and so I think. And, and you're going to come in and out of that. Like, there's there are points on different projects where I'm like, OK, I've been here a bit. I understand what's going on. But then at the same time, like, I, I come into Riot, and I'm brand new, and I'm like, I'm working with these people who've been doing this for years. And like, I'm going to tell you that we should do this change. That there, there's some of that that can come in and feel awkward. Um, you're also going to run into challenges. Um, but but I, to to kind of finish that point off real quick, is it's something everyone faces there, and it's something everyone's aware of, and um, just kind of own it is what I've seen. Like, don't be afraid to ask questions. It's actually super helpful. Um, people like helping people, and it's a good way for you to learn. And it just hurts yourself when you're not asking for help. Um, but some of the other changes that I th- or some of the other challenges that I think you come into. Um, like I am not art focused at all. I know a little bit of like engineering and stuff. So I was able to work with my engineers and kind of talk through things there. But when it came to art, um, one of my big weaknesses was I'd talk with them and I'd say, here's kind of the idea of what I want, but I don't know what the steps are to that. I need to trust you guys on how to handle this. And so it, it was a lot of trusting your team. Um, that's one thing that I, I really champion is just trusting your team. like. You're working with, you're working with experts. You're working with people that a team you've picked or chosen to be a part of, and so you have to trust them. Um, and it can be hard to do that at times because, like, you may you're like I said, you're going to butt heads with people. You're going to struggle to be on the same page, but you need to know that everyone's working towards that same goal. Um, and so that's a big challenge that you can run into there. Uh, Communication and conveying your ideas, um, whether it's your own idea or or not, and knowing kind of this is the hill that I want to die on. I know that this is the the right way to go compared to someone else who just knows that this is the right way to go. How do you solve those kind of conflicts? Um, play testing's a big one there. Uh, what gives, if they both achieve the goal, what one is easier to do, what one does, has the least impact, or the, the best impact on other areas, um, and that's again where those pillars that I was talking about come in, is like, everyone has cool ideas, and everyone has different directions that they can take the game at any point, but if you know that our, our pillars are X, Y, and Z, then that helps guide those decisions
0: all right all right uh, th- that maybe that's that's the reason you have figured out all the pillars first before making the games and then you go into the game so when uh, there might be any conflicts happen you can al- always revert back to the those pillars and actually understand what is this game is about
1: right exactly exactly and to be clear when you set those pillars at the beginning, they don't necessarily have to stay. Like, you, you don't want them to be so, so flexible to where they change every week or anything. But if you realize, hey, these two pillars we really like, but this third one over here, it doesn't work with these other pillars or we're not able to hit this one because of tech restraints, time, or whatever, then you can change that. Or if you realize, hey, these are the pillars we've got, but we've made this game and it's actually really fun and going in a little bit of a different direction, feel free to change those a little bit to still kind of follow that fun um, but it, it's just a really good way to ke- kind of keep everyone on your team going in the same direction as well as yourself because you're going to be working on something and then there's going to be days where you've you've written some amazing mechanic and then you're like oh we should change the game to be this and then this and then this and then it, it's just a kind of like a guiding light
0: wow wow amazing amazing like uh, it's it's just opening my eye before I went on going to make my game. Like, uh, I really had, like, uh, obviously, you have played uh, Diablo 3, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I was trying, but before, uh, I actually, uh, I haven't told you. Uh, actually, I was going to Utah this year, but this, due to this COVID happened, I got, I deferred my admission, and I'm going to Utah 2021. So, I have decided before I'm going to Utah, I'm going to make a full game that i am really proud of and one of the games i am really want to make is kind of like narrative like there has to be a story has to be a goal something and i wanted to make an rpg so i have like i know how to make it but i didn't know how to design it properly and uh, reading your website was really helpful because you you taught me understand what could Thank be you. the Like what could be the process? Your uh, heart. I am going to tell it again. Your heart, like better documentation was amazing. I am going to read it again, and I am going to link it. Link it down in the description so that each and everyone can read it. So, uh, like coming to your point, uh, like you have, like you have walked with like big game, like the biggest names in this game industry, like Warner Brothers. (laughs) Uh, Riot Games, uh, League of Legends, Hogwarts Legacy, and you also have an award-winning indie game, Hardlight uh, Vector. <laughs> so, what's the difference in the process? Like, what, how, how, as a designer, you tackle the challenges of indie versus triple a? yeah
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... So to clarify real quick, so that, that award that award that we won there, that is 100% the artists, um, that, that, that was an art award that we won there. Um, I was a designer and a producer on that project, so I didn't do a lot to win that award. That was 100% on them. Um, but but yes, they, they they deserve it, the stuff that they put together and the stuff that we, in such a short time, that we had to do, I am astounded with. Um, you can't, well, well I'm gonna, I'm going to cheat a little. Like this was the poster that we we wow, had and everyone signed is, it
0: th- that's the enemy
1: yeah yeah that is that's our colossus right there or riven um and yes yeah, and and you can kind of see down there it's, it's a little harder but yeah uh, it's our, all the
0: sign names i guess it's your yeah. teammates.
1: yeah yeah so that's everyone that worked on that um i made sure to steal that poster before anyone else could because i was <laughs> like i'm gonna hang this and keep it but yeah um artists were Phenomenal on that project, um, especially, uh, like I said earlier, on trusting your team. That that was something huge there that I trusted them, and it really worked out for us. Um, the but to, to your question on kind of the differences between working on AAA and and indie games, there's a lot of similarities. Um, still, you're you're still very trying to be very player focused, um, and depending on the indie game, it can shift a bit to like uh, AAA. As a general rule, you have these deadlines that you need to hit, and on it. But on an indie game, that can be a bit more flexible. Um, you're still depending on what you're doing. Like if it's a if it's a personal hobby project and you're just working on on the side, you may not have any real deadlines that you're worried about. You could be working on this for years, um, but. If you're you know, using your own savings to make this, then you probably need to have some schedule, some, some deadlines that you need to set on yourself. Triple um, A, again, there can be a little bit of flexibility, but depending on the studio, those are things where you need to, we're planning on shipping on this date, that means we have these milestones. Now that date can shift a little bit depending, but, but as a general rule. Um, and then data is the biggest thing. Uh, on, on an indie game, you don't have uh, like user data for for a live game. You may, you probably have some things hooked up that you're using, but it's something that is you need to be an, uh you need to hook up yourself. You need to know how to use all of that. Whereas uh, larger studios and AAA studios, you'll have teams that are dedicated to that kind of stuff and dedicated to play testing as well as just the data from live play that you can use to help inform your decisions. Um, now, it's, you don't want to use that data to just make decisions for you, but you want to use that to help guide you. Um, engaging with the community is another huge thing. Uh, indie games can do this really well, where if you have a team of four or five people, you can talk on your, your Steam forums, you can talk on Twitter and everything, and chat with everyone, uh, and then make changes really quick. Uh, small teams, it's a lot easier to be more agile and move quicker. But for like a larger game, it may take longer to make any particular changes, and you may not be able to engage with that community as easily. Um, that's something that I really love with Riot is we're encouraged to w- talk with the community. Um, I actually talked with my boss about uh, doing this and talking with you, and he was like ecstatic, ecstatic. He was like, this is the kind of thing that I think is really good, helping people learn game design and get into things. So congrats yourself, by the way. Um, <laughs> thank you.
0: Thank you so much. But yeah, I'm actually, like
1: actually, I'm really excited about this because uh,
0: I'm actually trying to connect as many people as I uh, like as I can. And one of the things I could start is from University of Utah. Those are the those are people kind of those are my people and I can always count on them. So that's the main reason I always talk with them. I talk with you and I also, uh, like, uh, I also talk with Nathan uh, and he also agreed to come on the show. So, uh, yeah, so uh, thank you, thank you for that. uh, Like, you all told me uh, about him. Uh, So coming back to your point, uh, like, you are doing a phenomenal job there. But one of the things I wanted to ask you is that like, your job as a designer, is that somehow overlaps with artists or engineers? Like, is design uh, affects artists or engineers in their process?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, for, for like, some of the stuff that we talked about earlier, of being able to communicate cross teams, um, before, before I started at the University of Utah, um, I... I took, I, I, I was lucky enough, I had saved up, I had known this was something I was wanting to do for a while. Um, and kind of the same thing that you were talking about doing is I said, okay, I've got two months, I am just doing this full time because I know I'm gonna be working with some rock stars. And so I wanna be, able, I don't wanna be the guy that drags people down. Um, and that really kind of gave me a leg up on kind of getting started. That was in Unity, um, but really Unity Unreal, any engine is gonna be a good way to kind of learn some of that. But working with those other, uh, with artists and engineers, um, just being able to communicate more clearly, knowing some things like animations, for example, like typically a game you want to run at 60 frames per second, uh, depending, but like generally that's the the rule, but uh, animation frames don't need to run at 60. Uh, 30 30 is typically what gets used there for a a real-time game. Um, And so just things like that can be helpful, Uh, being able to communicate across as well as just jump in, like I said before. Um, I, I can write a little bit of C-sharp. I have friends who can do some blueprinting and everything, and, and I, I've learned a little bit of that through the program, um, and just white boxing. Uh, for for uh, Hard Light Vector, our our artists did uh, worked on the game, but their final assets did not make it in until about halfway through our development, because we were just white boxing things going through, and we said, OK, This is generally what we want. We need a building over here. And so they were working on those buildings, but we kept it really cheap in game. Uh, At one point we had an entire spaceship that was in there that we were playing with and we didn't want to waste those art resources, uh, building a spaceship that we eventually threw away. Um, to, to be fair, they didn't make one, and we threw it away. They made something very cheap, very prototypey, uh, and then scrapped that. And that's kind of what those prototypes are for: stuff that uh, your your artists can do, stuff that your designers with some art skills can do. Super helpful. Um, it, but you don't need to be an expert on everything, but you need to be knowledgeable about everything. And that's not just engineering and art, um, just world in general as a designer. If I'm working on a skateboarding game or I want to have something, some fast movement type stuff, a little bit of knowledge on the, in those areas can go a long way.
0: Wow, wow. Uh, I, I, I can absolutely relate to that because uh, like, uh, one of the things that happening to me because uh, as, as I have said that I'm an engineer, and i totally love working on like with raw codes and i love that but there are uh, stuff that i couldn't do is that when i talk to some artists i couldn't like i couldn't say that what, what they are trying to, what they are trying to do and uh, i couldn't understand their language basically so what I, and i had a like i had a huge uh, comic book junkie and uh, i i love doing uh, like characterizations making characters making stories and stuff uh, I also made a animation animated short. Uh, if you wanna see I could show you that.
1: Wait a minute. Definitely, definitely.
0: Uh, yeah, send where, that okay. send that
1: my way and I'll check that out.
0: Um, where is this? Okay. Yeah and, and comic that.
1: books, um, like I'm I'm a I'm a pretty big comic, especially like Marvel and uh, a big comic I'm um,
0: I'm I'm a totally hands on DC
1: you're you're on dc yeah i'm on dc no oh, I, love, I, I, I i i love marvel
0: <laughs> as well i love marvel as well even uh, there's two books uh, comic books back there i can i would show i would love to show you that before that uh, here is the animated short i made it's kind of a harry potter harry potter stuff yeah this is the stuff it's six seconds.
1: Yeah, see, stuff like this is perfect. We actually, um, something we did very early on with with uh, Hardlight Vector, we, we knew we wanted to have this kind of fast-paced fluid movement. Um, one of my one of the philosophies that I kind of bring uh, or that I that I champion a lot is if you can make movement in the game fun, the rest of the game will be fun. Um, and so uh, an animator who who worked on our project very early on, uh, Rob Bear, uh, he's actually at Sony Santa Monica now, great guy. But uh, he he actually created this uh, Spider Gwen animated short of running up walls, flips, all that kind wow. of stuff, very similar to what you have right there in terms of like these these let's. J- just to kind of storyboard out something, um, and something like that. Like I've seen very similar things when we, like you, you, if you've seen the Hogwarts Legacy trailer that that came yeah, out, yeah, I, I've very heard, similar like, things. There. Like
0: dozens of times, dozens of times.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, exactly. Same kind of stuff that, that you were working on there. Um, and that's something that I couldn't do that you that you have. So that's a that's a great skill to have, just to kind of say, "Hey, I'm looking to do something If if an artist makes something, you're like. Let's change it to be more like this. And you're able to put something together or at least even talk with them about that. Sorry, excuse me. No, obviously, um, obviously. But, but yeah, super cool to be, be doing that. And um, it's just one of those things that's constantly going to be leveling you up.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and as I was saying, I, I actually forgot to tell you that you, I said I'm a comic book fan. You can see these, these guys. <laughs> yeah, so like I actually love doing all this stuff and after i made that animated short i actually could convey my ideas to artists and animators that what i want to do and uh, uh one of my artists who is a 3d modeler i couldn't understand what he's talking about like uh and other stuff you'll unwrapping and i couldn't understand so i made one character uh so here's the character you can see i guess here's
1: one Oh, that's really impressive. There's a one of the program or one of the classes that they have at the in at the U of U for for producers um, is essentially it's an art focused class of like learn how artists do art. Um, it's incredibly difficult for a lot of people because um, like I had no no art skills it was pr- one of the hardest classes I ever took, but super helpful in learning those kind of stuff like i, I I'm still not able to make something like that model that you have there but <laughs> just to be able to to go through I'm like, okay, I know a little bit of substance designer now. I've used things like Maya um even though again like I'm not an artist but but able to understand some of that and yeah, exactly. and get something in exactly. and and a like, character like that like you can. You can put that into, into your game. Um, I yeah, mean, depend, actually, like if, actually if that, that's, that's arc, my RPG yeah. character. That's my RPG oh, perfect. character. Perfect.
0: Yeah, the, the, actually, I, I love doing all this stuff. Uh, kind of uh, a lot of people say I'm a nerd, but
1: I, I'm a proud well, of course. nerd. Of course. Yeah, I mean, you're working in games. Like, you're going to be a nerd working in games, and I don't think that that's a problem. You're going to be very welcomed
0: yeah absolutely so like uh coming back to our questions like you have uh told that you have uh walked on like hard light vector and uh the, that spaceship and kind of stuff and i was uh wanted to ask could you please explain the your experience on hard light vector because i'm really interested because after a couple of years i have to make one big project by myself so i would love to
1: know that yeah yeah um so to clarify not by yourself uh for for hard light vector we had a team of i think it ended up being 20 20 like full-time in-house people wow. all, all of the students there lots um, of people man yeah yeah and i that was one of our goals is we wanted to have a large team um because that was more uh a small team like say four or five people super useful super fun um and but you run into different challenges than on a larger team. And our team, we very much wanted to focus on, uh, these are these are people who want to go work at Sony, Riot, Blizzard, a, a lot of these big name studios. Um, and so we wanted to have that experience of being on these bigger teams. Um, and we, we broke it up into smaller groups to uh, focus. Yeah, yeah, um, I,
0: I read that. Yeah. You have enemy uh, environment and player
1: systems. There are three teams. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So those were kind of the three See, things. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So those were the three teams that we we kind of branched under, and then underneath that, uh, we had, or uh, we were all underneath, uh, kind of our producer King uh, Utkarsh, who really kind of uh, held us accountable. Utkarsh um, Agarwal. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Him. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I know him. I know him. I know him. Okay, yeah, perfect. So yeah, we, so I worked as like the designer and the producer for The Enemies team, uh, Nathan over the player side, and then Ben over for the the environment and level side, but we were all held accountable to him. And that's very similar to what you're going to see at larger studios. Um, Again, indie, you're going to have a lot more overlap between things. You might be an engineer and a designer and an artist, kind of like what you're doing yourself like that. That's very much an indie kind of project. Um, But yeah, you're gonna be broken up there. I'm. I'm sorry, I forgot exactly what your question was. I got sidetracked. Yeah,
0: no, I, no, I Actually, I was. I wanted to ask you that. Uh, what your experience on light better, and you were oh. doing exactly that. And it's actually great to okay. listening to all your experiences.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So to go to kind of um, go back just a little bit there. Um, we, we actually started the summer beforehand. Um, very, like, we were like, hey, anyone who's interested in working on this, we've kind of got a general idea. We, we moved very far away from that. Um, our original idea was co-op Shadow of the Colossus. But that's incredibly challenging, that, uh, especially for a energy, 6 Yes. And, and just, we knew we didn't want to do anything with networking. Cause that's just a whole other, I mean, you're an engineer. If I say yeah, hey, we're yeah, gonna that, do networking, that's, that's
0: so hard, man, that's so hard. And I actually couldn't even understand what are the kind of stars going on. Even that's the reason I'm going to,
1: if I understand this, I don't have to go to that exactly yeah yeah so so we, we switched the we changed the game but we still kept a lot of the core uh, the core pillars and the feelings we were trying to go for fast movement against a giant enemy um that that was still very much the focus but so we we started very early on with just kind of prototyping one one of the prototypes i made in unreal was magnet focused of like you can charge objects with a positive or a negative charge to pull things in and away um that ended up getting scrapped, but I learned a lot working on that. The the Spider-Gwen uh, type running thing was something that we worked on very early, but it all kind of coalesced in this direction that we wanted to go. Um, and so that was super helpful. So we kind of early on established, okay, we're, we're probably gonna have uh, th- this is how we imagine team size to be for, based on people being interested this is the direction that we thought everyone was pretty excited about um, and this was before our teams were like official so we we some of the people who worked on with early on these projects ended up working on other teams um, but they still we like they still very much helped us get to where we are um, and then so we, then we kind of went into a, a more solid prototyping phase, of uh, figuring out the direction, kind of split into two teams of like here's the player side. Um, some of the stuff they did was like catching razor blades and throwing them back out, um, and then the the boss side. And then ev- eventually that coalesced together into our actual team and project. Once those kind of got formed, um, we we had there. There was definitely some struggle early on. Uh, some of the some of the surveys that we that the teams had done, uh, um, we we expected, but they were like, hey, our team not everyone's on the same page, so how can we go ahead and address that? We ended up addressing that and I think by the end our team was incredibly excited for what we had been doing, but it's it's kind of a feedback thing. And that's something that Utkarsh was super helpful for us with, was that he was running those those sprint reviews and sprint plannings and retrospectives and all the stuff that kind of goes into that, that a, that a producer, um, a producer better than myself would do. And so um that that just kind of helped move us in that right direction um one of the big challenges that we that i that sticks out for me 100 for sure was uh our goal was we want to get the game released uh before gdc um so how the for for people listening how the program works is you you go to gdc when there's not a pandemic and then (laughs) you have
0: that's uh, that's that's it
1: yeah, and so you, we, we snuck in before the pandemic and everything there, but you you go to GDC, you get to have a lot of fun, you do that each year, um, and so we were like, okay, we want to ship right before GDC, and then we'll have the two months, I think it is afterwards, to listen to community feedback, bug fixes, stuff like that, and um, now that it's shipped, so we can get that post-launch experience, um, but we were a couple weeks before GDC and uh, Utkarsh and Nathan both came to me and they said, we're worried about where the boss is at. Do we think that we should ship this game before the uh, without the boss uh, so that we can get it out there and still meet that deadline? Um, and so there was a bit of back and forth. Um, I probably got angrier and more heated than I needed to, um, but talking with them of like, no, I think we can do this. I am confident with the teams worked very hard to get this. We know we can do it. And then we talked with the rest of, rest of the team to see is this, how do they feel? Um, and so I, I stepped back and I let them all talk and we were confident that we could do it um, and we did. We, we did. We launched for GDC. We knew we, we were able to. And then we took, we spent those two months um, just looking at what Steam comments were, engaging with the community. Um, and some of the things they, they, people changed their reviews if they had any negative opinions or anything. Some of the things that they uh, they liked, uh, we we were we were able to kind of build on some of the things that there was problems we were able to address. Um, and so that was just one of the kind of the the abridged version of HLV's development. Oh, one other thing is we originally started third person. We thought that you wanted to see more of the screen going on. Um, so we started third person and it was cool. You were able to see more, but it didn't have that sense of awe. One of our pillars was yeah, the sense yeah, of awe. And all, grandeur. Right, sense of Exactly. And so uh, one of the one of the professors, Ryan, he actually he uh, just he offhandedly said like, oh, you should make it first person, and we were we were like, yeah, okay, let's. Uh, we we were a little hesitant, but we said, okay, let's try it. All we did was just move the camera from back here, put it right in the person's head, and immediately it, this sense of awe of like holy shit, this this creature is incredibly huge. The gameplay felt faster um, with just the camera change. And so literally right before our first, um, at the end of our first semester, the, you do this, uh, this play, everyone can come check out the game. That was our play test for this. If we said, okay, guys, we think first person's gonna be the way to go, but we don't know. So we built in a toggle, hit a button and you can switch between them. And immediately players, People playing the game preferred first person, so we are like, okay, we're not even going to tell them about the exactly. toggle anymore. Exactly. We know this is what we want. And yeah, exactly. so we were really happy there. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was a dangerous thing, but it, like, just a, just a little bit about the kind of development going in is that we were constantly, e- even for what was essentially like our announce slash release launch type thing, still trying to get that in and, and iterate on it.
0: Yeah, like the whole story I listened, and the one thing I actually understood and actually I felt is that it feel it felt like a family. The whole team and whole stuff felt like a family. Like you have clashes, you have disagreements, disagre- disagreements, likings, and and at the end you have shipped a successful product and each and everyone is happy. And that's that's the experience I wanted to tell each and everyone because the main reason I started this podcast because even that's on my description as well is that I, whenever I, I love uh, seeing interviews and documentaries and whenever I like see a interview, it's either of a billionaire or a millionaire or an entrepreneur or someone who has been already been successful. But the majority of people who are on the process like you and me, no one shares their story. And that's the, that's the point I, I was committed and, And I actually made one video and the moment I had this idea, I picked up my mobile, uh, go onto my phone camera and made a video what I want to do. Before I did any episode, I made that video. And and still still here. Uh, Today is the sixth episode, I guess. Uh, I guess sixth or fifth. No, I guess it's sixth. Sixth episode, we are, and it's going great. Uh, So, and the very reason I was... Interested is that this experience you had, this is absolutely amazing. So thank you for sharing me, and I guess each and everyone who will listen to this will get a lot of value from this.
1: Oh, I hope so. <laughs> like I, it, it has been a long journey, and I think you're right. It totally is is like a family. These are some of my best friends. Um, they're spread across the country. Uh, one one guy actually, he just moved back to India, um, but. Like this, these are some of my favorite people and I'm still keeping in touch with them and playing games with them. Um, but yeah, th- and I guess one thing for, for anyone in that program, in the uni- going to the university program like yourself um, or really getting into games at all, um, the people are amazing. And you, like, I I am not the most sociable person. Sorry if you can hear my dogs barking. <laughs> um, I But I, I, I made the mistake in undergrad of, not getting to know a lot of people in my in my psych degree um, and so that that hurt me. but in games like every you might not know anything about the person, but you know they're interested in games and so uh, yeah it's a great point. touchstone and they're great people um, and it, it goes a long way build building that network and just the meeting everyone like, if anything, like what's keeping me in games, like I, I love the passion from the players. I love the job. I love that I get to have meetings where a common topic is dragon, and uh, is like a dragon. And all right, how do we make a dragon? Or like you don't get to do that in other areas. No, um, but the people not. and their own passion, like that is that is the core of what making these are, and and just what keeps me going. Yeah, absolutely,
0: absolutely. Uh, like this is amazing. I have to say, this is uh the like. Before I'm going to do any question, I have to say this is amazing, and it's amazing. I don't have any other words to describe it.
1: It, it yeah, I I absolutely love game dev, and the, and what you're doing I think is is great. Like, um, I know when I started in in games, it was kind of this this area of like how how or before I started in games, it was like I like doing this, but. I never thought of it as a job or, or like something you could do um, until I got a little older and realized like oh no this is what you can do <laughs> and I absolutely love it and I think a lot of people are kind of especially young younger people are in that mindset of like it's not something that I can do some someone out there in the world makes this but not me and. Yeah, 100% yeah, can, they, especially they, nowadays
0: actually it's it actually from uh, it's coming from my side it actually happened to me as well because uh, for a long time i thought about game development but i couldn't actually gone forward with it but at the end of the time i did because i totally focused my happiness over like what everyone else will think about me as that i'm just making a game and most of the people just do, don't do that because they're always thinking what others will think if I'm just making a game rather than what others expected me to do. So that's the reason a lot of people doesn't, but we are glad. And that's that, that the reason we are getting this enormous experience in our life. And this is an experience for a lifetime, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, I get you on the, like, what are others going to think on this? Like, um, and, and I guess the few things that I can say is, one um, do do what you want to do so so like if so that's a huge thing there but then also it is definitely hard to get into games it is it is probably the hardest industry to get into um, so it is really tricky and you're probably going to need to do other things while getting into games or do areas of game development that aren't your favorite um, while you're trying to get in um, and apply it. And like I got lucky. Riot, Riot's my dream studio, and I'm here now. But there's a lot that goes on to having to get there. Um, and you're so you're not necessarily going to be at your dream studio right away. Um, but it is. No matter what game you're working on, people are people are excited to hear you work in games. Like, it's spent, like you've got little cousins or something, and you're talking like. I, I don't work on Fortnite, but little little kids are like, oh, do you work on Fortnite? Yeah. And I get to say like, I don't, but I know I know some people who work at Epic, and or I'm working on games, and uh, there's definitely a little bit of like a, it, it, it is a fun job that everyone wants to talk about, and rather than going to some family event and being like, I work in finance or something like that, and. Not to, not to bash on finance guys or anything. Like it's definitely a job and it's definitely a lot of work. It's not the most exciting thing to hear about. But games, everyone wants to talk about games.
0: Everyone and wants to so talk it, about. And my, one, of, one of my cousin is really excited and he loves to play action games. And whenever I get to make one, I like have him play that. And he's just really happy. Like my brother is making this. I'm really happy. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so uh, coming to the questions uh, is that uh, you have said that Riot is your dream company, and you are now in there. So, what it's like to have an experience to walk on a live game? That's League of Legends. Like it's one, if not the biggest, it's one of the biggest and most played game in the world. What's that experience for you?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so to be clear, I am not working on League of Legends PC, like League of Legends proper, the the game that kind of blew up and made Riot what it is. Um, I am working on Wild Rift, which is there's there's a lot of overlap. It's League of Legends on mobile and console. Um, and as for it being live, we're doing a lot of like closed beta stuff right now, where we're at regional closed beta. So in certain parts of the world, we're testing things, uh, how how the game is. Um, so just to clarify, I'm not I'm not on that team. And so it's it is a little bit of a different experience than, than like a live game. Sorry, I just dropped something. Um, and so and and I'm also brand new on on Wild Rift itself. So I haven't actually gotten to do a whole lot there. A lot of it has been onboarding, learning how our, our tools and engines, and even just the structure of everything works, learning from a lot of the guys who have been on this for for years and a lot longer than myself. Um, so it's still, so it's it's in this, I'm in this weird place where like, it is definitely a dream come true. Like I'm, I'm looking, I'm seeing players who are playing it, people excited to play the game I am working on. Um, so there is a lot of excitement there, but I actually, I haven't done anything yet that players have seen. Um, that's not that like, oh there's some big secret thing coming up or anything, it's just that I am so new that my work has not made it into the game yet. Yeah, um, it's.
0: I guess it's been uh, two or three months you have joined drives, right?
1: Not even that, not even that. I've been here for just under a month. Um, of, of working here. So some of that is is onboarding and, and learning everything and some of that is I've made changes to the game but we're testing them to see if they actually work how I expect them to um, and, and everything that kind of goes through that process. Um, they will get out to players, they will get out to players and, and they'll get a chance to, to play it and get a feel for it and everything, um, but it's just ramping up um, for, for me and, and and any job you're going to have this ramp up period. Um, and then you get to a point where, yeah, I, I make changes and then it goes out to players shortly after. Um, but that, that's just kind of how it goes there. But for the, for the people who, I think it was like my second week that we, we finally did like our, our closed beta. Um, so it was really weird because my first week was all, uh, learning about the company and learning how some stuff works and then day one of me actually like working on the game um was when we did this closed beta people got to try it and so everyone's excited the game the game's out it's sort of out and everything um and and i'm like go team i didn't <laughs> do anything but like this is exciting <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right um like like
0: you know Listening from your, your story, it actually inspires me. And I don't know how I, if I can explain this, but I'm really glad that I am going into this field as well because it's too much happiness, honestly. Oh, yeah. You get to do all of the stuff you want to do and you can see real players actually working on the stuff you have made. And that's amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really is. And like... um yeah, I mean, I I haven't, I have not had, like I've had other games, other smaller things, Hard Light Vector and so on, go out to players and get that feedback. And that is incredible. Um, but to to work on something the scale of like, like Hogwarts Legacy, when when that goes out to players uh, and then when, and, and Wild Rift, like players are playing it in, in these betas, but they, they're not playing anything I have done yet. And so there's this mix of like, fear uh, and excitement and just everything that kind of goes on there, but it, it is incredible. Um, and I said, like you said, like it is, it's fun. It's fun to be working on. It's fun to see how passionate everyone is. We've got worlds going on for, for League of Legends right now and just seeing the passion from the players and everything there, the excitement of people wanting to play the game I'm working on. And uh, yeah, I, it's it's a dream come true
0: true man, true. Uh, like uh, what are what are the projects you have worked on apart from uh, like League of Legends? Like you have told that you have worked on Hardline uh, Vector uh, and you have worked on uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, how was that experience?
1: So that was, that was uh, a very different from Riot in terms of just like what the game itself was. Um, so that was the, my last day at EAE was my first day at Avalanche. I actually, so we, we do a, we did a big play test at the end of uh, EAE being University of Utah's program. Um, We did a a big uh, play test type thing where everyone gets to come see the games as kind of their like final release state. And like it's possible to still work on the games, but very unlikely and everything. So uh, I missed the first half of that because it was my first day at Avalanche. Um, And it's been cool. Like, I can't say too much about what I was working on just because of where the game's at announce wise. Um, but I, whereas, whereas something like Wild Rift, we are, um, like, like, like you said, of people playing the game and getting to make changes. Uh, so I'm getting to see a live data and then update the game. And well, we still we had a lot of playtests and everything kind of going into Hogwarts Legacy. Um, it was also like when I was working on it, the game wasn't announced. No one knew what it was. Uh, even it, even the the entire time I worked there, it was it had not been announced. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, Your
0: your resume even even uh, right now your resume says it's an unannounced closing as well as your are LinkedIn.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I haven't updated that yet. Um, But whereas, like Wild Rift, I'm coming in, and the game has been announced. It's not. It's not out to all the players and everything. So that's still similar. But it's still uh, just a a different experience when I can say this is the project I'm working on. This is the kind of stuff that I'm working on. And it's just different on the Hogwarts side. Um, Once that game comes out, there'll, there'll be a little bit more that I'm able to kind of say. But right now, it's still kind of I don't want to take away from the announcement or the the team themselves, because I've seen the stuff that they're working on. It's super cool, and I like the the announced video that they did and everything. Like that's ecstatic. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of as much as I think I can probably say right there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I I the first thing the first time I saw that video, and uh, honestly. The first time I saw that video, I all at that point I already have talked with you back then, and uh, and uh, that video came after a couple of days after that. I like, whoa, As I I'm going to talk with people who are making this game. Oh my god, <laughs> that, that's a dream come true. So uh, that that's amazing. Um, like uh, let let me let me ask you a personal question. Like uh, you are going into this big like big names and like hogwarts legacy wild rift do you think that your psychology degree and user user experience somehow helps you being a better designer
1: yeah yeah i i definitely do um i think it's kind of funny cuz psychology it's one of those degrees where you can't do much with just a bachelor. Like, so I just have a bachelor's in psychology. When I say just, like it's still a four year degree and everything, but but it's one of those things that like, yeah, you need to go, you need to get a PhD doctorate kind of stuff um, to, to really like what, to do what people think of as psychology. Um, but it's one of those degrees where, it helps you in whatever field you go into. Um, philosophy is a lot of the same kind of way of like, it just, it helps you think and it helps you work with other people. Um, and so I think it's super helpful in that of just kind of, um, so like my focus in psychology was on human factors. Um, for those that don't know, that's kind of like design psychology or how to, kind of the the go-to example is um, the Norman door. If, you have, if you've heard of that, the idea that like, uh, you see a door and it's got a handle. So you instinctively, you pull on that door versus like it's got a bore or a, a plate across there. And so you push on that door. Well, uh, wow, you can, I didn't it, know that. I didn't know. Yeah. That yeah. So you, you, I mean, it's something that you'll probably notice all the time now, but like that cabinet that you have behind you, um, it's got handles. You're going to pull and open that way. Just makes yeah. sense.
0: And that's, 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 you, that's the normal way.
1: Exactly, exactly. And so it's, it's built, um, they're, they're called affordances. It's the idea that this, this object affords how you should use it. Um, and so there's a lot of that with games too, of like, uh, if you give someone a bow and arrow, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's the same basic idea that you give someone a bow and arrow, okay, they're probably a ranged character in something like League of Legends. We make them, if you make them skinnier, they're more likely a squishy character as opposed to like a giant rock golem, like we've got Malphite, you just instinctively say, oh, he affords the idea of being a tank. Um, And so a lot of that is kind of goes into psychology and just kind of understanding what what people intuit different things as. Um, It's not so much in the like, uh, psychology in like the therapy sense, there's definitely games that focus more around that. Um, but it's still, how do we get to a to elicit a particular feeling? How do we make something feel really tense for the player? Um, this is more in like, you're still going to have tense moments in a multiplayer game, but it's a lot harder to control when those come in a multiplayer game. And depending on the game, you might have the entire thing is incredibly tense. And so you use that psychology background to say like, OK, these are things that we can use to make things tense. We know that like, people, whether you're claustrophobic or not, smaller spaces kind of create these kinds of feelings. Uh, and so you may want to lean into some of that. Um, but but how I typically think about it and use it is just affording, or, or those, those affordances is probably the biggest thing. Um, just uh, like I've talked with people who are like I, they design from almost what I think of as like a top down of I am designing a uh, a hunter character. So think of like a hunter from World of Warcraft. They've got a bow, they've got a pet, um, and so okay, what kind of mechanics can go and feed into that? And so you, that's that's one direction that you can kind of afford things there, or. Depending on the game and what you're trying to do in like a an early prototyping stage, you might build a mechanic. Say, oh, this is fun. How? What's the theme that we can kind of wrap this around? Like, oh, okay, this is a fun little, this is a fun little game where when something comes up and hits you, you hit a button at the right time and an effect happens. Oh, that feels like a parry for a, for a sword. And so if we give the character a sword, you can start to just instinctively people say, oh, he's got a sword. He can parry. Yeah. Um, and so you it it does a lot to kind of self teach your game um and that's that's where i think it's probably helped me the most
0: wow 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 actually i was listening to that and i actually understand how exactly those game characters and those design ideas has decided and the main uh, the main point i'm extracted from your uh, like whatever you what you have said is that you guys make the design based on what you already have and the people who perceive that who understand the like inner theory from that like if i have like as you have said if i have a bow and arrow and the people can see he's a long range kind of uh, weapon and if you have a sword or dagger it's kind of uh, gives a uh, like short range uh, and if it's a big uh, like ogre type like character it might be a little slow but if it's a uh, like a skinny character he could be a lot more faster and this this is the thing we don't have to tell we can instantly instantly understand all this stuff so this is the actually this is this is this is the reason i wanted to talk to you about design because i wanted to know the theory the reason goes behind the design because Obviously, that not every design goes randomly and you just thought in one morning and goes in that. It doesn't happen. So that's the reason and you explained it so well. And I actually, I, I have nothing to say more about it, honestly. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you can you'll want to uh, depending on the game and stuff you'll want to break those at certain times like fighting games um, typically will use like a very fast uh, like a, a very fat overweight type, char- type character but make them fast um, or, or particular things so that they can break those affordances um, and just you'll you'll learn when to when you want to or, or what re whatever reason for that you may want to, to do something like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So like, uh, I have, I actually have asked lots of stuff I wanted to know from personally now gets, let's get dive into some questions that uh, the, uh, the very small audience I have, have prepared for you. Sure. Uh, the first question is that, uh, okay. What do you think some qualities are essential to be a great game designer?
1: Uh, the the first one that comes to mind um, is I'd say empathy, uh, and that, what I mean by that in particular is your players. If, if, if there's a lot of ways that, that you can come to this, but like your players are passionate about your game. And sometimes that can that can be frustration. Sometimes they can get angry about that. But that all comes from passion. But it's not just in like a the reaction side there. But it's also putting yourself in their mindset of playing um, against a particular character. Again, thinking in like multiplayer games, it can be a lot of fun for me to be overpowered Um, and I can just one-shot everyone, like there's definitely places where you can have fun doing that. But to then be on the receiving end of that, where you feel like I can't do anything against this opponent, that feels really bad. And so as a designer, you need to be able to put yourself into these different mindsets um, and understand where people are coming from, as well as just understand that, like, if this isn't a game that you are interested in or even a feature that you are necessarily interested in, how can you, why are the people that are interested in it interested in it? Why are they getting their enjoyment? And so even if it's not your kind of game, at least understanding some of that. Some of the other things that I'd say are huge are, um, we touched on this a little earlier of like communication, you're going to be working with people from all sorts of disciplines, whether that's engaging with players or not, but you're going to be working with engineers and you're going to be working with artists. And so you need to be able to communicate across that. And as well with other designers, they're going to have a different library of games that they pull from in their own background than you. Where can you make those connections? Um, and and how can you communicate things across that? And that kind of ties into, as a designer, uh, a library of games is super helpful. You don't have to have played everything, um, but at least have some familiarity with very popular games, like you mentioned yeah, Diablo yeah, three. Uh, So being able to kind of touch on and talk about a lot of that is super helpful. Um, I also champion and, and this large, this um, how much of this matters depends on, where what studio you're at, not just what studio you're at, but like an indie studio, you're going to be t- working on a lot more things. You're going to be doing engineering and art and design um, production as well, depending on the size, whereas you can get more specialized going into more A studios, uh, where it was like, I'm not going to end up writing code or doing art too much, or really at all in my role. Um, there may be some brief instances of like prototyping stuff, but that's that's a separate kind of thing. Um, whereas uh, just knowing how to communicate with those other guys is helpful, but also knowing how to do some of that uh, is super helpful as well. Um, let's see. I think those, that's probably the biggest stuff. And I think um, just a, a lot of like experiences to pull from in terms of Knowing like what kind of game you're working on, knowing what kind of features elicit certain things. Uh, if I had to say th- this kind of ties in, but if I had to say one piece of advice to any anyone wanting to be in wanting to do game design, is go go and do it. Like it, it can be, it's a lot of fun to talk about ideas, but it gets there are definitely going to be days where it gets to this is. This is grueling. I need to fix bugs. It's not the sexy, exciting stuff that you think of when you think of game design. Um, and so uh, if you go make your own game, Unity in Unity or Unreal, I think are probably uh, the best two to go, to go with. But depending on what you're wanting to do, um, there's a lot of other things that you can try. Godot, mono game, Hell, you can make a game in Minecraft. Um, or like I got started with uh, Warcraft 3 editors. Uh, there's a lot well, of space in that. Um, go through and do that and see what it goes from like, here's an idea to building something, to play testing, to iterating on that something, to getting player feedback, to then iterating on it again or making whatever changes. That's a huge part. And when I say player feedback, I'm not saying that you have to launch to hundreds of players or anything like that. I'm saying have your friends play it and try and get And early on when your, your skills are going to grow rapidly. Do something like that where you make a game in a week, or a game jam that's over a weekend, uh, and then just rapidly make things like that. I think a lot of people, myself included, will make a mistake where this is, I want to make my dream game, and then you can't. Not, you just don't have the skills yet, it's it's, you underestimate how long it takes to do. Um, So make something small and kind of work your way through. Make something small, put it aside, take what you learned, make something small, repeat.
0: Yeah, actually, that's that. That's the same thing I'm doing right now. I'm making small, very, very, very small arcade-type games to understand understand the mechanics behind it, the code behind it, the bugs mm-hmm. behind it. And uh, actually, uh, today, I actually uh, enrolled one of the Unity game jams that's going to happen later this month. Uh, Perfect. So that, that, that is the kind of stuff. Actually, I'm really scared about that game jam because I never even ever participated in, in game jam. Ever before, so I kind of I'm kind of nervous about
1: that. I will tell you, my first game jam. I had done a few Unity classes, nothing, nothing super big. A lot of the tutorials and stuff. But my first game jam was I I sat with people I didn't know. I, I was lucky in that I knew one one guy on my team, um, and he it was with his group of friends. But I sat with them and basically way. Um, they were super cool about it. Like, I get I get that it can be really kind of unnerving to have someone asking you questions and stuff as you're going through. But they were, it, it really helped me um, kind of get through and kind of backseat still help work on the game that they're doing. Now, I, I don't think, I, I think I probably should have developed my own skills before the game jam a bit more, because um, you, you don't want to go in completely blind of like, I have no idea what to do. Know what you kind of bring to the table, whether it's art, engineering, whatever, uh, and then and then be able to work with the team. But even even then, like you're gonna work with people, you're gonna learn a lot, and then you just take it going into the next one.
0: Wow, that, that that's really helpful advice for me myself as well. I'm going to absolutely gonna take take it, and um, and uh, as this game jam going to be with, like I thought about doing it solo first time. And not going to do it with others, and that might be the case because I'm really scared. Uh, so thank you, thank you again. Uh, so the next question is uh, like, uh, what a beginner game designer should do to get into AAA studios like Riot, Warner Brothers, and something?
1: Um, yeah, I think I think kind of like I said on the last. Um, I think it's start start making stuff. Um, it, game design, ga- games in general, but game design in particular, it's one of those things where everybody wants to do it. The, you're at a young age, it's like, I want to be a designer. I have cool ideas. You see stuff like that all the time. Um, and ideas, ideas are nice, but it's it's the execution that's really important. And can you stick it through? Um, it, that, that's super important there. So I think Go, make, start making stuff. See what it's like going all the way through, and, and build up that portfolio. Um, because if 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 someone comes to me and they're like, "I want to make games," how, or "How do I how do I get a job at Riot or something like that," um, if you haven't done anything already, it's really hard for me to know where your skills are at. Um, you you may you may may have a lot of really good design sense. But until you've actually had a chance to test that in some regard, I can't see that. Um, and it's also just game design. It's, it's super competitive. It's a very passion-driven industry. Um, and there's good and bad that comes with that. But there's a lot of it's, it's super hard to get in. And if you're not showing that this is something that you're really interested in doing, it can be hard to get in. It's um, Getting in is the hardest part about working in games. Once you've kind of gotten in and gotten some experience, um, it's very common for people to move between studios and that they'll move from from a AAA studio, work on an indie game, work on an indie game back to AAA, all of that kind of stuff can, can move around. Um, but just getting in is the hardest part. And the best way to get in is to show that yeah, I can do this. Because what you're asking is, whatever studio you apply with, you're asking them to take a chance on you. So you want to show them that it is as low of a risk of a chance as possible.
0: Wow, that, that's absolutely great. Like, yeah, that that, that that's absolutely true. Because uh, you know what? Uh, before uh, I applied to University of Utah, uh, we had to uh, submit our portfolios uh, in, in that. I had 11 games in that
1: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. See, that's great. Like, I I had, I think, one or two that I got to show. I didn't have to do a code review and stuff because I went in the production track. Um, but, yeah, like, that's the kind of stuff that you want to be able to show. Um, And and the school's a great way to be able to to meet the people who are doing this and and kind of go from there. And I think what you're doing of, like, trying it out beforehand is great because it's re- – I've worked with people who – they, they thought, oh, well, I want to work in games. I love playing games. I should like working in them. It makes sense. It's not necessary it's it's not 100% true. Um, people who work on games, they love games, but people who love games don't necessarily love working on games. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, and, and so try your hand at making some first before you spend a lot of time applying in an incredibly competitive field or applying to these schools. Um, that are also incredibly competitive to get into and, you know, it's going to cost a lot of money to go to school for this. And then if you find out this isn't what you want to do, save yourself some heartache, make something first and see if this is great, if this is what you like. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Like, uh, when I was, uh, like, when I was in my third year of my uh, engineering uh, bachelor's, uh, which was uh, two years from now, I started making games, and uh, and I'm only in game development for uh, a little bit over two years right now. Uh, so I uh, so as an engineer, I love working on like Unity and Unreal. But moreover, I love making games and making game engines by myself, doing raw codes and uh, making. Uh, I, I I have already made two game engines, and that's one of the stuff I really wanted to do. So uh, I made one of those. I'm really proud of that. And now I'm prototyping on un- Unreal and Unity. So it's it's been an incredible journey. So coming back to yes. your point, uh, like uh, you have said, in the in like as a pro- uh, game designer's portfolio has to be the number one stuff they need to focus on. So what should be in game designer's portfolio? Like we know game producer's portfolio is different. Uh, like... Engineers' portfolio is lots of code. What should be in game designers' portfolio?
1: That can be tricky because um, even even mine that you you had looked at there, like it's it's got uh, there's some stuff in there. Like I to be clear, I am proud of all the projects that I've worked on. I need to update how I portray a lot of that information though. Um, some things that are super helpful is I uh, when, when you're talking about a game that you worked on. If, if you, uh, I say I was interviewing you, um, I care about what you did on that project. A brief overview of something of like, here's what the game is, um, can go a long way, saying it's it's like this, it's like game X meets game Y, Pokemon meets World of Warcraft or whatever. Um, probably don't want to work on a MMO on your own side project stuff, that'd be a very difficult, but sidetrack that, Um, but do something where I, so that I have an overview of what the game is and then what your role on that game is. Um, If you're like, hey, I did design Design can be a lot. So I did design on like using hard light vector as an example. I worked on the bosses, I worked on the enemies, etc. Uh, that's And then talk about those challenges. If you just say, even if just saying I worked on X, doesn't tell me what you did on that. It tells me, okay, the final product is, I can see the final product if I go play the game or if there's a video. Um, but I wanna know what those challenges are that you ran into and how you dealt with those. Whether that's personal challenges, whether that's mechanical things that have to change. Those are all super important that I care about because if if uh, I'm hiring you, I wanna know how you're gonna mesh with my team. I wanna know how you think about problem solving. Um, to, to echo back really to, to an earlier question there of like what is game design, um, is problem solving. is, is kind of, I wanna add that to the list there of figuring out how, how to how to problem solve, um, and how to, how to work on all that. And so I want to know how you're, you're handling that. Um, and then I think videos are also really important. Um, that's what, that's probably the biggest thing that I would want to add to my own portfolio is, um, a, a blog or something like that is helpful for someone to read and get an idea of what they want to do or, or what you did. But a video can show that. Um, whether that's here's a quick gameplay clip and it's you talking over what you did. Not only does that teach me a little bit about the game, if you're it's something that goes out to players. Players may be really interested in that. But me as I as, as working on that, I can see your thought process. And I can see, here's the challenges that you ran into. Um, One thing that uh, we did for Hardlight Vector um, and that uh, a, a team before us, Clawface, did that was they they were the year before us, um, and I highly recommend doing this yourself, is they got a video of here's what our game looks like at one week, then two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, et cetera, all the way down, and put that together and you saw what the game looked like over its development do that same kind of thing with a feature that you're working on and so that i can see oh it started as this it evolved in this direction
0: like the whole Um, journey the whole journey of the game and uh, it's kind of like a
1: documentary of making game in in a sense yeah like keep it keep it short enough to where like i'm especially as a recruiter, um, to be clear, I have never actually hired someone in game development, um, but this is just from my experience talking with recruiters and my process when I was applying and what I had learned, but there's a lot of people applying to games. Um, And I, as a recruiter, don't have time to look over all your stuff. And I'm gonna get really bored reading. Even if it takes two minutes to read whatever you've written um, on one game, I, how many times can you honestly expect someone to do that across your games? So only show your your best stuff there, but also I'm gonna have tens, hundreds of different people that I'm looking at for this. Um, and so I can only spend so much time. So a video is just a nice break uh, for, for whoever, and it's a, it's a good way to kind of convey a lot of information in a short amount of time that I don't have to read through. Um, and it also can show a lot of your personality coming through a lot easier than writing can for some people. Yeah, um,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Like uh, when I was uh, reading your blog uh, on that website, I thought that, oh my God, this person is a great writer. And he actually, the actually when I was reading, I actually thought that I was talking to you. That that, that was that fluent. Uh, but oh, thank you. obviously- I, I had, I had that time for myself, but recruiters might have other, other walks. So yeah. that's, that, that's the, that's the thing uh, that's the, obviously that's the point. I'm going to steal from you and I'm going to add a video on my portfolio as well.
1: Definitely. Yeah. For, for projects that you're working on, I think that's a really good way to go. Um, and show your skill set. Some of the stuff that I had done that, that you see on there is like, here's an example system. It's not even a, a game that, I, that I've that i worked on or that am, I am working on or anything like that. Um, it's just, I, as someone who really enjoys systems design, here's a loot system and how that works. Um, that's, that's probably one of the things I'm most proud about that's on there right now. Um, but Show show what you can do, because that's what I care about if I'm hiring someone. What what can you do? What can you br- offer me or my team? Uh, it, what would you joining the team be like? What what would that mean? And not just your skill set, but also you as a person. And especially for design, that can even be more important in a lot of ways, because I don't want to work with an asshole. And yeah, if, if sure. you're, yeah, exactly. Like I that's and especially for games, just because. I need to know, are you, what, what are you championing? Are you championing your ideas? Are you championing someone else's idea? Are you championing I what's best for the player? Do you, if you're, if you pitch an idea, um, and then find out that we can't do that, or maybe there's a better idea or your idea doesn't work for some reason, are you, are you emotionally slash, uh, consciously able to discard that for what is what we say is a better idea um and that's that's something that especially newer designers struggle with um so kind of i'd keep that in mind too and it's i think every designer can struggle with it time to time but it's definitely something that shows up more in newer designers and i think that's part of a mindset of i need to prove to you that i know what i am talking about um and so it turns into this: I am right. I need a. I need to prove it. Kind of mindset, and that can be really tricky. Um, but you want to be able to get past that.
0: True. True. Absolutely true. Absolutely true.
1: Because uh, the, I'm
0: the, the you are a psychology student, and I uh, I I love psychology. Honestly, I love psychology. And one of the one of the main area I really love, like reading on and working on, is that uh, computational neuroscience. And that kind of connects with psychology and that's the reason i could understand there is a lots of insecurities of people that kind of shows inside when they behave so that's the very good very good thing that you have told and i guess each and everyone who's seen the video would understand how hard and how competitive in this this industry is and they get to work with very like not a lot of people but very people who are close to them so they have to behave like that so uh, like the, there is a last question i have for yourself is that uh, any advice to any beginners who are uh, wants to who wants to be a game designer
1: yeah i think that i i think that kind of echoes back to what we've been talking about um but make make games work with other people um what what, what are your goals in terms of like, do you want to work at uh, a, a AAA studio? Are you like AA, Indie? You get a lot more control as you kind of go down um, that, the the less the fewer A's, the more control you get. Um, and what what is it that excites you? Is it your, you have some dream game that you want to work on and you're gonna be working on that on the side, no matter what? like? I get a job anywhere. My free time, I'm going to be working on this game, um, versus working on uh, a AAA game. I am working on uh, something else, and I may not have as much freedom to work on what I want to. Uh, again, Riot's really cool in that, like, I get, I actually get a lot of freedom on, on some of this stuff. But there is still are still goals that we are trying to hit, and areas that need to be need focus. Um, so know what your goals are there. I think kind of that pillar mentality of like, so the, just the pillars are like, what is the game and what is what isn't the game? So like we talked about for Hard Light Vector, fast fluid movement was something that we really wanted. So that that was all of our prototypes, um, kind of went through that. A sense of awe and grandeur that came with our boss being, uh, as. as big and grand is in these kind of attacks and everything that were going on there so like pillars were super important there and I think that that's just a really good mindset for people to get into um, and it, it helps you focus both your ideas and focus on what's important um, like I said working do it doing it is super important of just making making games in your free time um, It doesn't have to, I I don't think that it should be all-consuming. Like, you do want to go play games, you want to go do other things, be with your friends and stuff, but show that this is, check for yourself if it's really what you want to do. Um, Because again, playing, if you want to play games professionally, this is not that. Um, And it, I find for myself, I actually like working on games more than playing most games. I before before I even knew that I wanted to make games, like I, I raided in World of Warcraft, and that sense of like 25 people working together on a singular goal, that's something that I that's I still want today, and I get that feeling from working on games. Um, and is so is that what you're wanting is working on games? Because at, there's also times where uh, you're working on a game and you're like, I am just sick of this game right now. Because you're working on it, you're playing it, and everything. So maybe, maybe that's not what you're wanting to do. So really, know if this is what you're wanting to do, and then if it is, do it. Um, and and figure out what like take take classes online, work on it with friends, um, find find communities, do the game jams like you you're doing. I think that's a great way to kind of get started in there, uh, and then you know, apply and keep applying. It's really hard to get in, um, for, for newer, newer developers, newer designers, but that's the kind of thing that you can give yourself an edge on by doing all those things. Um, and meeting people too. I know a lot of people in games are, can be quite shy, um, myself included, and that's just something that you, it's helpful to kind of push past knowing that Everyone in games loves games. Everyone in games, um, a lot of people, like I said, a lot of people can be shy, but if if and they want someone else to make that first move, and so if you're willing to do that and talk to people, then that's great. And also because it is a passion-driven industry, a lot of people are excited to talk about what they're working on. Maybe if they, it may not be something that they can talk about a lot right now, but. You look and say, "Hey, I saw you worked on this game a few years ago. I'm really interested in this. What can you tell me?" Um, and more often than not, I think you'll see people are pretty excited to do that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, the the very point you have said that uh, a lot of people are very shy. Uh, actually, recently uh, I asked one of my uh, one of like he's on a, in a company. He's working on a. Uh, a simulation company and i asked if he if he wants to join in my podcast and uh, he said i'm really shy and i don't really know how i can give value so maybe after a couple of years i will surely but not now so uh, but one thing i could connect with him is that uh, he loves games he love making games and i ca- i love making games so that was uh, like the fluid point of between us and we can talk about it and that's the reason and that's that's really amazing to like experience all of your journey and i am really grateful and i'm really considering myself lucky as that i can i have to listen to your story and stories other other story as well and that's really that's really great and honestly when i'm going to utah and when someone going to ask me hey what what stuff you do other than doing this and i'm going to tell that i have a podcast where these people came and I know their story and honestly I I already I already feeling so so great about myself you I can't even explain.
1: <laughs> That's good. That's good. And yeah, like yeah, doing stuff like this is super helpful. Um just getting yourself out there and being able to to work with a team. Um again if you're wanting to do like an indie project and anyone listening like your your own self indie project obviously teamwork's a little less important there because it's just you but you're gonna that is really hard especially if you want to make money off of it teamwork no matter what role you're in whether it's design art engineering production anything uh you are you are going to be working with other people and so that's huge
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you so much for coming to Tirend Podcast. And I absolutely make sure that each and everyone, each and everywhere, all, all the connections I have, see this podcast and it can get great value and all the stuff you have said.
1: Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited um, to, to see more of them and everything. So yeah, I'm really happy that you're doing this. And thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you so much.